Hello, welcome to Ask About the ADA, the podcast where we answer your questions about the Americans with Disabilities Act. I'm Joe Zeski, Program Manager at the Northeast ADA. Our center serves New York, New Jersey, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. That's our part of the ADA National Network. On this week's episode, we're going to talk with Archie Jennings. He is the lead attorney at the Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands. DRCVI is our Virgin Island affiliate. And so he's joining us today to tell us more about what they do and how the ADA affects the Virgin Islands. Archie, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for inviting me, Joe. I'm glad to be here. It's my pleasure, Archie, and I'm glad to have this opportunity number of years ago, I was on Ability Radio, which is a program produced by DRCVI. On that show, Archie interviewed me, so this is a little bit of closing the circle. Today, let's begin by talking about DRCVI and you personally. Archie, can you share with us some of your history working in disability rights? Oh, sure. Uh, and glad to return the favorite. I am an, an attorney here in the Virgin Islands, so. But I started off actually in legal services in Ohio. I was working for Summit County Legal Services in the north part of the uh, state. We were sort of like a satellite office at Cleveland Legal Services, uh-huh. actually. But we had our own program um, as legal services was expanding during this late 70s. And they started covering more counties. I... Um, Moved to Columbus, Ohio, uh, the state capital, and was on the staff of Legal Services of Franklin County. And in that role, I started off as a staff attorney, but they've created a unit called the Law Reform Unit. And in that way, we were going to address actions or address issues on a collective or class action basis where were um, Mm -hmm. possible. So that was my first contact with working with disability issues was concerning transportation, air transit service in Columbus, Ohio. And they actually already had a a group organization that was formed at the time I uh, was working for them. I'm sort of technical assistance, legal counsel to them. And so I gained experience working with a already formulated group in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Subsequent to that, I moved to the Virgin Islands uh, to become litigation director for legal services of the Virgin Islands. And as part of that role, not only did I do look for or tried to address issues on a class or what we call systemic basis, I again ran into a, the Coalition of Citizens with Disabilities who when they had mm. no paratransit service here in the Virgin Islands. And it was through working with that organization that they took advantage or pressed the local government to take advantage I think it was mm-hmm. called the 5310 program, where they would obtain a an accessible vehicle. And the organization would not own it, but they would operate the vehicle. And so working with that group, 
I got to know some of the other uh, members in the community who were sort of leaders at that time for uh, and advocates for persons with disabilities. Of course. And of course, transportation was a very critical issue. Virgin Islands is an island, three separate islands, um, major being St. Croix, the largest, St. Thomas, and St. John District. And so the service uh, initially was for all three islands. And I was on the, unfortunately, the management team. They put me on the management team, but they got it off the ground. And I think I actually started off with one bus. And by the time I um, went on to other work, because uh, I worked for legal services for four years before I went out into private practice. And that, a lot of people don't remember, but at that time, mm-hmm. during the Reagan years, they cut back on legal services being being able to file class action lawsuits. So they had sort of, uh, I guess, decided they were too aggressive and, uh, and approaching and advocating for persons with disabilities as well as persons who um, were of lesser income. But the dial-wide service was in place and I kept them as a client when I went out in the private practice and, and sat on their board and for a number of years, I think through 1995, as a matter of fact, um, when we hit, we were hit with Hurricane Maryland at that time. But in private practice, I did more employment work. I worked for unions, I worked for uh, civil rights cases. I worked on the individual, individual basis. And also it was during that time that the American with Disabilities Act was passed in 1990, effective 1992. So that was another uh, arrow in my quiver of working for people many times, either because of workmen's compensation having fallen through working for, with the unions and people who got terminated and other barriers that came up in the workplace, I actually started using American with Disabilities Act um, in some of my lawsuits before they even got the regulations in place. So I was very familiar with the American with Disabilities Act because of my employment uh, background. It makes sense, yeah, with all your advocacy work over the years. Right, right. So, and it was, again, I was coming out of legal services during that time. That was in 1996, 1997. Amelia Headley Lamont, one of the attorneys I worked with at Legal Services, became the executive director of what was then called VI Advocacy, Inc., which we now uh, call Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands. Amelia built the program up um, from almost a demise, it was it was some issues that had come up, but she was able to revive the program, get it back on track, and proceeded as the executive director. I I um, was called upon to assist as an outside contractor when in 1997, 1998, she led an accessibility campaign for structural accessibility in the Virgin Islands. Um, also, with that time, there was issues related to oh, okay. the Education for Handicapped Act, um, which I was part of a lawsuit before I left legal services that carried over to her office. And by that time, it was the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. So, therefore, there was a lot of activity afoot 
with regard to organizing, supporting accessibility issues and um, getting it grounded in the Virgin Islands and just making it known that the this act was in mm-hmm. place. And that's where the accessibility campaign they, group had put together a list of not only hotels, there were banks were uh, sued, there were restaurants, um, there was pharmacies. A lot of we, I think we touched upon government mm-hmm. offices. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, you know, for the accessibility to the hospitals. So, and having been to the Virgin Islands, you know, St. Croix is more flat and it's structured. Yeah, it's much more. St. Thomas is agricultural feel to me as an outsider. It feels much more agricultural. St. Thomas to me, when I visited and um, I've been able to visit a couple of times, St. Thomas seems more, more like a city setting where St. Croix is more rural, if you will. (laughs) Uh, Right. Right. Exactly. And and that's true. St. Thomas is much more dense, but it's also a, a, comes right up out of the ocean and goes back down, sort of like a ridge and has north side, south side. And so it's more mountainous. So with those two aspects, we sort of had to have different approaches on how we went about access. But Mm -hmm. we always try to touch base with the community and have the community lead on the issues because there are so many issues related to um, living on an island, first of all, and being far from resources mm-hmm. uh, that are readily available, like in Columbus, Ohio, whereas in Virgin Islands, you really have to plan it out and make sure that you have those resources way ahead of time <laughs> before you get involved in litigation yeah, it sounds like- because of the lack of, yes. I mean, it sounds like it, it, it's one of the unique challenges there with being in a territory that, and that's, Physically, literally, physically separated from other other places, it seems to create some of its own unique local issues. That, like you were just saying, you know, in Ohio, you have more resources you can more easily access. Correct, correct, and and and, and that's very critical when you get to talking about accommodations and structures. But so those were always those issues that are sort of subtle and not out there public, but. It, creates a lot more work in it in order to uh, get a production. And a lot of people mm. know that there we file these lawsuits mainly as injunctive relief. They don't there's no payout at the end for the plaintiffs. They're basically doing it on behalf of the entire community. It's about um, getting access. File. Yeah. Right. It's about getting access. So so that was I think they you know in particular put up that barrier because they didn't want to give the, uh, I guess, any leverage for everybody going out and suing immediately after they passed the law. So, but over the years, you know, slowly but surely, you know, people sometimes take on the lawsuits themselves or fund themselves in regard. We are one of the outlets that could at least act as the legal end of it, but you still need your experts when it comes to more complex uh, accessibility issues. We certainly have covered a lot. Archie, what has the relationship between the Northeast ADA and DRCVI meant to people in the Virgin Islands? 
the support that the Northeast ADA has given to the Virgin Islands is immeasurable because you bring the resources not only of the university, but uh, research and information, which is not here embedded in the Virgin Islands. Give a, a good example. Mm-hmm. One of the things that was we were looking for and had a hard time locating, which Cornell provided, was the uh, census for persons with disabilities in the Virgin Islands. It's my understanding that the, the raw data was available, but no one in the Virgin Islands had the capacity to separate out the raw data and make it yeah, a comprehensive fact-based number. You know, that was based on the 2010 census. When I joined Display Rights Center, one of the first things I was looking for was what are the numbers? How many people do we have who are blind? Who, yeah, who's out there and, and what are the needs of the community based upon our demographics? We really never had a good handle on that until the uh, Northeast ADA helped put together census data. So that's immeasurable in and of itself, along with other uh, resources that have been provided by Cornell and the Northeast ADA. I'll just, um, for those who are listening, one of the resources Archie's referring to is a website um, that uh, is maintained and operated here through Cornell University, which is the host of the Northeast ADA Center. It is disabilitystatistics.org.org, disabilitystatistics.org. And um, it uses information based on different uh, surveys, national population survey, American community survey, uh, census information to pull together data and statistics related to people with disabilities, uh, including things like participation in the workforce, um, types of disabilities, economic issues, and uh, things of that nature. Archie, earlier you mentioned that the geographic isolation is an issue in the Virgin Islands. But are there other issues that are specific to people with disabilities within the Virgin Islands that are different than those for people with disabilities on the mainland? Well, one of the things that I had a background in is, as I was saying, I worked in uh, Ohio, then Columbus, Ohio, and I had worked in the area of Medicaid. Ohio was fighting um, the what they were, I guess, assuming imposition of Medicaid upon their <laughs> their med- medical system there. But we, there, I was involved in a class action lawsuit regarding Medicaid and nursing homes. And I learned about supplemental security income and how it was tied to Medicare and Medicaid for persons with disabilities from birth. And then uh, understanding the system that that income and the whole uh, area of deinstitutionalization was being evolving in the United States and where they were having group homes were being developed or assisted living was also being developed for adults with disabilities who have been disabled their entire life. And then coming to the Virgin Islands and seeing none of that system evolving. And I started, even when I was in private practicing, because you have also people with workman's compensation issues and social security disability issues, but not seeing 
that pop part of the population receiving medical coverage who were people who had been uh, disabled from birth. So that was the biggest difference because it's, it really funds the whole uh, foundation of a medical system. If those persons are able to get medical care from, and have early interventions take place uh, as they would in Ohio once they're born. And sometimes like a child may have a neurological issue if they can get the medical assistance, they don't become developmentally delayed later on in their toddler years because they're being treated. Whereas here in the Virgin Islands, there was no available treatment. They weren't eligible for Medicaid. Usually the parents, uh, we also had a cap on Medicaid here. So there was a, a barrier to health care automatically set up um, that's different than the rest of the 50 states. And in that regard, that was a major thing. It, many other issues are mm-hmm. are practically the same. I did some nursing home work. You had the uh, children who were in need of supervision or having issues in school. Most of the other services in one form or fashion may be of a lesser quantity, but they would be available. The major issue that I saw that was the lack of supplemental security income and availability of those persons receiving Medicare and or Medicaid. So that was that jumped out at me right away just because, you know, the, the area I was dealing with um, being of course. employment and seeing workman's comp come through, social security disability come through, but nothing along the lines of those who are, would be eligible for supplemental security income. And of course, being 2021, we do have to touch on COVID-19. Have there been any particular challenges for people with disabilities in the Virgin Islands around the COVID-19 virus? Well, Joe, the isolation has played in our favor because of the lack of, you know, we have no, at one point last March, no airplanes, no ships coming in. Mm. Only the population here was the basic population. There's no, you know, no people going and coming. And we were under shutdown. So the numbers of persons um, being infected with the virus are very low. We had very low death rate on all three islands. I mean, it was just one of those things I would sit back and I would listen and I said, well, this is one time where isolation from the mainland has paid off. <laughs> so, it has some benefits finally, yeah. <laughs> and, and what's happened now is those who can sail and once the airlines open up, it sort of became a, a medical tourism spot. People who have uh, townhouses or timeshares started coming here. And especially uh, after the uh, vaccinations were released, because there was no long lines in order to get vaccinated. I got vaccinated probably within a month, a month and a half of the release of the first vaccine. So it's, that's happened that you, I would go up there and you very seldom see anyone from the Virgin Islands in the lines. So some of that has to do with suspicion and people being suspect of, of the vaccination. But I'm, a, I'm a, uh, the prior generation. Mm-hmm. I've been through polio shots, the boosters, uh, both German measles shots that gave out. So I've been very well vaccinated 
<laughs> through my life. <laughs> I'm ready for international travel. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's well, one Archie, of those issues. Exactly. Yeah. Archie, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast, and we look forward to having you come back in the future. Thank you for having me, Joe. Great to uh, return to favor. Glad to do so. I appreciate that. And that's it for today's episode of Ask About the ADA. Please remember to visit our website, northeastada.org. Look for us on social media. Send us your questions about the Americans with Disabilities Act. And thank you again for joining us. Let's continue the conversation.